Welcome to Finding Christ in Crisis with Jordan and Connie Parker. I feel like we took a week off last week. Do, do we? No, I think we just reset our weekly schedule. Well, it was kind of a little bit of both. We we pushed it. We took a week off because of Claire's birthday, but then I felt like we kind of mailed it in last week. What? Yeah, we didn't have we we, had, we did a whole podcast. We mailed nothing, and we were we didn't present. Fo- yeah, but we didn't focus. We didn't focus on like a listener's question. And we didn't really have a lot of scripture. We didn't have a lot. It was mainly I had a, plenty of scripture. I didn't have any. That's your fault. It was mainly. I think your expectations <clears throat> are high, and I think you're the only one who failed to meet them. Well, anyways, I feel like we kind of mailed it in. I, we didn't really discuss a whole lot except for Claire's birthday in Claire House. No, we talked about the harvest. Yeah, yeah. I felt good about it. Okay, maybe we didn't. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, welcome back. Uh, we got some. We got a great little topic we're going to get in tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be fantastic. So we hope you've had a blessed week. Um, we are recording this on Sunday evening. We're trying to get back to our schedule of recording on Sunday evenings to get this to you guys on Monday mornings. Um, but we are just looking so forward to this topic. So let's touch base and let's get in this topic. So we were getting ready to say the question that we we're going to have, but our high maintenance uh, three-year-old daughter. Well, she's been in bed. 18 minutes and I thought okay surely we're in the safe zone and we sit down not not two two minutes and mom mom I go in there and she wanted me to get the wax out of her ears <laughs> I said no baby we'll do that you know tomorrow you gotta go to bed she goes I think I'm hot can you take my pants off <laughs> anyway she's all tucked in I hope that's it for now she keeps us she keeps us on our toes for sure for sure so what is our what is our question from our listener this week as we get into this? Yes. So she wants us to talk about distractions and how we can stay genuinely focused in on Christ and his will for us in the midst of a confusing and distracting world. Like, how do you handle the struggle, the constant pull between wanting to be in the world and living in God's purpose? So I guess the world today has just become so loud. You almost can't ignore it. And at times it can feel captivating. Like you need to join in and, and be a part of what's going on. And I'm not so sure God is a part of that. And how do you navigate that? And do you even need to navigate that? Um, great question. Yeah. You're going to have to reel me in several times tonight. I can just feel it because I'm going to go down all kinds of rabbit holes and uh, as long as Jesus is there, I reckon it's okay. Yeah, well, first distraction that I think is the main distraction that we're fighting right now. And it's amazing that it took a pandemic to bring this. I think the number one, res- no, 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 I'm not going to say I think. I'm going to say I know. I know that the number one distraction that plagues Christians, this is not unbelievers, but Christians, is religion. We are so, you give me a look there. You give me a look. You know, I, I unfortunately I, agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the number one thing. We are so bogged down with religion, with our own shackles that we have created, that we have completely taken our eyes off of an authentic relationship with Jesus. Well, I think when you get stuck in religion, you put yourself back in bondage. 
back in slavery. And then you put yourself under a yoke that is not liberating and it doesn't feel free. And then you get burnt out in the church and you're like, I am so done with God. I am just, I need a break. And if you ever feel like that, it's because you are underneath something that is not like the simple, genuine gospel. Because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you are just walking with Jesus and walking in his ways, shouldn't feel burdensome should yeah. liberate you that's right and I, I can assure you if you're a believer out there and you are involved in an institution that is more religion and more focused on the shackles and the structures of church you need to be prepared to simplify because we are seeing nationwide we talked about this today in our house church today mm-hmm. we are seeing nationwide if you are not seeing this then you are someone that has simply stuck your head in the sand there is a war that is starting to be waged on the church. They are going down and they're saying that, no, we are not going to let church buildings open. We are going to put um, arduous constraints restrictions. Yeah. and restrictions on churches, but we're not going to put those same constraints on other individuals. And, you know, you can see that for a little bit and you can say, okay, well, we were going to, but now we are seven months now. Mm-hmm. I believe it's seven months. We're seven months into this thing. And I mean, we're seeing, especially out in California, where um, we have numerous churches that are being fined thousands upon thousands of dollars. So yes, we you need to prepare for simplicity because if you don't, what is going to happen? I had we had this discussion with our parents the other night that you know that it's going to become a point where people just they go, well, we're just not going to go back at all. Like we're going to become so comfortable. And this and being a part of a body. Yeah, virtual. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to be a part of anything. We're just like, yeah, I'm just going. I'm not going to go back. I don't. I don't see any benefit from that. And then we become our own god when we don't have that accountability. That's what happens. Well, it's it's just not in God's design. I mean, we all have different gifts and strengths, and when we come together, we're a strong body. Where I am weak, another is strong. You know, you have a hand, a foot, a mouth, and an eye. And if you have one piece of the body sitting at home by itself it cannot accomplish as much even if it is even if that one person at home really is truly trying to live for the lord the impact that that one person will have for the kingdom of god is going to be greatly diminished without the other parts to magnify and complement it um on the other hand if you have somebody who is truly i don't know maybe not in a strong walk with the lord and then they get separated from the body and they're separated from that vine and they're not being poured into very easy. Can that branch wither up and die? Um, if, if you're not being um, attached to the vine and, and being fed into, it's just, it's a scary place to be when you, when you step out like that. That's right. And the devil, he's just, he's just watching this and just licking his chops. Ooh, look at that. Look at what I have dismantled. Look what I have broke down. I have systematically one by one just dispersed the church and they're all sitting in their homes going, well, let me look at my TV for an hour. I think I feel good about that. Um, I just, but I do know that what the enemy meant for evil, you know, God can use it for good with this dispersion. If everyone would disperse and and then recalibrate, and share the gospel in their homes where no longer are we all going as believers into one building together to to edify and encourage one another, which is good. But if we were to disperse 
and then turn to our neighbor and turn to our friend and bring them into our homes and share the gospel. All of a sudden, this dispersion that the enemy meant to destroy the kingdom of God would very quickly multiply it. Yeah, and absolutely. And as, a, and as an administrator in a school system, you know, one of the things that frustrates me so much with the shackles of government is the inability to pivot and to pivot well. And every organization, whether you're a church, education, government, um, corporation, nonprofit, like we run, right. you have to have the ability to pivot. Well, and to think that you don't have to pivot is just, it's completely absurd. And so as an organization for a church, I mean, we don't want to say, well, church is an organization, but it is. This is a time when you have to pivot as a believer and think, what am I going to do differently? How am I going to rise up and share the gospel? Well, scripture says that man will not live on bread alone. If if Walmart was closed, would you go home? No, you probably find a different avenue to feed your family. So if your church is closed or inaccessible to you, I mean, I don't know why, as Jordan says, we're not pivoting to feed ourselves and grow spiritually. I mean, we do it for everything. I mean, look at the pivot we've done in our nation for education. I mean, there's a pivot everywhere else. Why are we not pivoting in our spiritual lives? As Jordan says, I like that word pivot. Yes. But um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those. It's, it's a one strong the, word. No, it's one of the, it's got a good that's, one, that's one of the governmental uh, catch words that they make like money it? off of. Oh, well, it's catchy. So yeah. anyway, it, I think it was in how Seattle. Do we, how do we pivot as a, so, as anyway, a world today? So I think uh, it was in Seattle where Sean Foyt, did I say his name right? I don't know. Uh, he is doing these uh, worship rallies in these big cities where all these protests and rallies are going, just trying to take the gospel and Jesus and the love of Christ to the center of this chaos, like just battling the darkness with light. And he's done it in 21 cities across the United States. And he went to Seattle and there was a rally organized to be at a local park and the park shut down. They spent money on fencing to wall it in to stop the worship rally when there are riots going riots on and protests two and people, blocks away. He said there are people throwing Molotov cocktails at policemen streets just blocks down the road. I mean, the government chose specifically to shut this event down and not the other ones, which is showing you the religious persecution, but he was not discouraged and he did not stop. They pivoted and they renamed their event, a worship protest which then gave them the right to congregate in the streets. So they went on and did uh, their worship event, and they had 12,000 people worshiping their Savior out in the street. Um, great example of how to be flexible, inventive, creative, still get the job done. Yeah, and I would say that there are a lot of pivots that are happening in the business world and the education world and everything today. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they're effective pivots, but as a church, at least there's some adaptation. Yeah, but at, at, as a church, this can be the most effective pivot we could ever have. Absolutely. For, for years, we have been conditioned as a church to sit down and to look to one individual to feed us spiritually. And what that has led to is a decline in families that are going to take up their cross and say, especially dads, I'll say that to them more than anything, dads saying, you know what, I'm going to be the spiritual leader of my home. I don't need a minister to do it. I'm going to be the spiritual leader of my home. And the thought process that I need a minister to be my spiritual leader in that way, I think um, it's not arrogant to say you don't need that as as a believer. Yeah, yes, you need accountability. There's a difference. You need accountability. 
You need a body that you're with. But you don't, as a believer in Christ and as a man, especially, I will tell this to the men who actually listen. I don't, I don't know how many of them listen. I think predominantly probably, all, probably all women I'm talking to here. But as men, we are the spiritual leaders of the home. We don't need we don't need a preacher. We don't need a man that we look to who is a spiritual leader because I'm the spiritual leader because I have the blood of Christ in me, the same blood of Christ that the priest. We, we have to get out of our mindsets that that missionaries and preachers and, and, and all these different religious leaders are, are more capable than we are. Well, now, they are trained. Absolutely. They are. They are. And they should be vetted by the requirements in Titus and Timothy. You're right. And they are held to a higher standard because they are teachers. But guess what? As men, we should be held to a higher standard as Christian men because we should be teaching our children. We, it's, it's just beyond me that you would ever have any man that would go and sit in a church and would not be the one where the kids are looking. I mean, how is it possible that you would have a man of, of children would go, you know what? I'm not going to baptize my children. I'm not going to. I'm sorry. I, I know it's controversial, but you were the leader. Well, um, as I uh, keep going on that. Um, Did I get off on a tangent? I don't know. You really kind of boxed me in. But yes, traditional church does completely take all accountability off you as a person, off you as a family. It takes accountability off of you to feed your spe- feed yourself spiritually because you go somewhere to be given a word and it takes all accountability off of you to evangelize because you think, Oh, that's what the church is for. The church is going to tell people about God. Um, It takes it. Sometimes people allow the church to take accountability off of them to, to tell their children about the Lord and, and really like implant the love of a savior in their hearts. They go, well, they go to Sunday school and they go to VBS. Um, I do know with house church, and just kind of re-looking at the way we worship every week, it really has put the accountability back on me. You know, I find myself prepping for our services on Sunday so I have something to give. I find myself prepping for our women's group, and, you know, we're, we start a new one. It's just, I don't know, when you break that structure down and do something new, it gives you a lot of accountability. And when you take that on yourself, you feel equipped, you feel empowered, you feel emboldened. And that's when the Holy Spirit really starts to move in you. And what does that mean for believers that go to a traditional church? What that means is is that you need to be equipped to go in and break down barriers that might be present that have been, that have been uh, revealed during this time. Mm -hmm. And that you have to say, you know what, there are different ways. There are different ways I can reach out. And instead of saying, I want to invite you to my church, you need to say, I want to invite you to know Jesus and then bring them to church. <laughs> and then you can feed them and walk with them in that way. Um, but that's, you know, as I said before, you know, religion can be a huge distraction. But now let's, let's I don't know how we got here. Let's, let's go let's back recalibrate. on this. Yeah, let's go back on other. Let so me let the, me well, hold on, let me finish mm-hmm. with this verse real quick. Okay. With that, you know, that I had because I know you've got a lot more. No, I'm good. You got a lot more going I, in there, but we got to use more. In First Timothy chapter six, verse eleven, it says, "But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith." Mm-hmm. And you know, as you're talking about distractions and things that are all around you, that really just speaks to me that. That we are, we're we're not only in a, we're we're not in a war necessarily against the against the world all the time, 
we're in a war against ourselves. We're in a well, war against our own desires. Actually, one of my scriptures is about that. Okay, go um, on that, yeah. So the war is within us because part of us is flesh uh, governed by the sinful nature, and part of us is the spirit, which is where the Lord resides. And so our bodies are in a constant battle with itself on what is going to guide us. And Romans 8, 5 starts off and it continues, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, nor can it do so. And it says that the sinful mind um, cannot please God. So there's that war inside. Are you going to let your flesh lead you or are you going to let your spirit? And I saw the most beautiful example of this. And I wish we were on video for the first time in my life. I want to be in front of a camera. I've been thinking that, thinking, I've been thinking that we need to be on video. Well, it'll never happen. I'm going to do my best to explain this. So uh, scripture talks about there are three parts to our, our person. We have a body, uh, which is our flesh. We have a soul, which is our heart, which is what we desire. And then we have our spirit, which is that uh, that spiritual portion of us, that eternal portion. And if you let the body lead, so if you can just imagine, like close your eyes, imagine like three people one behind another like a train and all their arms are connected. So when the arm in the front moves, the arm in the back moves. So if you're letting your flesh lead, then those carnal, physical, very rudimentary desires are going to lead then your your um, your soul, your heart, what you want, and then your spirit. And that's when it says grieve the spirit because then the spirit, you know, we're temples of God. Then you're dragging that through the mud as you're serving your flesh. But if you realign yourself and you put the spirit out front and you're a spirit filled person and that leads you and then your soul is next, your heart and your desire and then your body, you can imagine the hand out front of the spirit reaching to do something, wanting to do something in the will of God. And then behind it, the heart, a desire is going to crop up where that's what you actually want to do. It's a desire of yours. And then your flesh will follow. And then when you live in that way, uh, what you do is pleasing to God because it's all coming out of a very pure motive. That's good. I like that. Okay. That was a nice little analogy you laid out there. Did yeah. you come up with that on your own? No, I saw it. Oh, okay. And I was like, wow, that's really good. Okay. That was a pretty good one, though, especially if you had to come up with it and found it. I know. Well, I guess I could have just lied, but that wouldn't have been right. I would have totally taken credit for that. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess, why can't you be a friend? Why, why can't you dabble in the world a little bit? We I, live in the world. Let me be devil's <clears throat> advocate. Uh, you can. Why can't you have both? Well, no, you can't have both. Um, you know, our, our goal here, and I've said this, you know, several times over the podcast is, you know, you're the reason we came to encounter your love. Like one of my favorite elevation worship songs. And so, yes, we are not supposed to be isolated from the world. But at the same point in time, we can't look like the world either. And I mean, that's a constant, that's a constant battle, you know, for myself. Um, you know, especially when I get into joking modes and, and, and being, you know, just all over the place with things you can, God is putting us in positions to interact with the world. Mm 
that's a great thing. But when we interact with the world, they need to see something different. Absolutely. They need to see something different. I can have acquaintances. I can have people that I really, really like, that I really, really respect, that um, are not, you know, believers. They're not walking in Christ daily. But if that is becoming my social network all the time, um, then that's going to be really, really difficult. It's going to be really, really, really difficult. We've been a part of some groups before in the past um, with different small groups or different church groups or things like that, where we might be like almost like a startup with Connie and I. And I can tell you just from that, it is really, really, really diff- difficult to stay focused on the prize of the Lord when there is a um, constant just uh, stillness in the water with unbelievers, Callie, not even unbelievers, I'd say even like lukewarm believers. You just when the when the lukewarm or the unbelievers are overtaking the population of the believers in the room, you have to recalibrate what's going on really, really quickly. And that's the same piece with your friend network as well and the people you interact with. If you are not a light that is shining brighter than everything else and you are not strong in faith, then yes, it is going to drag you down. And we, and I can tell you that this is like a Christian group. This is like, and we've had situations where we have been part of Christian groups and we, and we'll be leading it and I'll go, wow, that went south real fast. Or, you know, at the end of the night, you know, we have three hours of Bible study and I've got quotation marks, Bible study, where it was nothing more than just a, a conversation that was very superficial. And so very quickly, you can go down that road. So if you can go down that road very quickly in a church group, imagine what can happen when you surround yourself with the world that's not even affiliated with the gospel. Well, I mean, Proverbs says we need to guard our hearts and protect you know, our desires and what we want for ourselves. And um, the reason you have to protect yourself is because James 4.4 is really clear. It says, don't you know, friendship with the world uh, becomes uh, an enemy of God. So if you love the world more than you love your Savior, then you become an enemy of him because the world belongs to Satan. And so you don't want to get too enticed by it or too wrapped up in it or um, just too entangled in it. Yeah. Um, and then it goes on to say like, so let's say you're feeling like that entanglement and you're feeling that pull and you're feeling that draw to just like be engaged in the things of the world, whether it's money or status or all the political stuff going on, just whatever. Like what, like, what do you do? Like, how do you combat that? And James goes on to say, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you have to, you have to make, you know, God, the Lord of your life, you have to make him lordship over you and you have to give yourself over fully to him. And when you do that, the devil will flee because then you're covered in the presence of the Lord and the devil's not welcome there. Um, And then it continues to say, come near to God and he will come near to you. So you'll have to be intentional to make um, every effort to come near to the Lord in times of prayer, uh, times of uh, reading his word and getting quiet with him. Uh, You know, Proverbs talks about iron sharpening iron. So get with another believer, share the scriptures, edify and encourage one another, bear your burdens. Um, 
Yeah, and I think another another thing too is dabbling in the world, dabbling in the world of comfort. We, as a church, we're really really good about attacking the the hard sins. We're really good at taking a stance on sins that people look at and go, "Oh yeah, that is unacceptable." Which I mean, well, we were now now we're not that great at that anymore either. But the sin of comfort. People go, sin of comfort. What is a sin of comfort? And what I mean by that is like Connie and I, for instance, you know, where we live at. Um, I mean, we love it here. We love where we're at. I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of tells us to take a stick of dynamite to get her off of 102 prospect. Um, no, it, it would take a call from the Lord. A call from the Lord or stick of dynamite, either one. Um, but, you know, we like it. We enjoy where we're at. And Connie and I, every, I'm sure you've probably had these discussions too with everything that's going on in the world, both with the, the riots, with Corona, different things like that, that, you know, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not somebody that's going to get into Revelation here and start trying to make predictions and things. But Connie was talking to me the other night and was asking me, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm being honest. Like She's like, do you want Jesus to come back? I was like, not right now. I really don't. And that's because I have a real comfort level here. Not because I like the <coughs> possessions that I have here on earth or, or those things, but because I really want to raise my children. Like I want to see them and I want to be able to experience that with them. So we have to ask ourselves, do we really love the Lord in the full eternal way that we're ready to be taken? Like we're ready we're ready to go and be with him and possibly not know any of these people, including our family, in the same fa- in the same fashion that we know them here. That's a really difficult question. So then you flip that around and you think about all the people here on earth that claim to know the Lord but have no interest in hanging out with him daily. Mm-hmm. They have no interest in it. You think about that. So why would they want to spend eternity? Yeah, why not? Yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's it's absurd. It's just something that a preacher tells someone to make them feel good. Heaven is not a get out of hell free card. It's, no, it's not. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. We were listening to a preacher last night. Said, you know, the purpose of of Jesus and salvation is for us to encounter Him fully here and and just in in be engulfed by his presence completely all the time. It's not a check off the box to get into heaven card. And if you believe that's what it is and that's the purpose and you, and that's what you have, then you really, really, really need to question what you're thinking. And even more so if that's what you're talking to people about going, I really just, I really want you to get baptized or say this prayer with me so you can go to heaven. You really need to stop saying that because you're going to be accountable for that. Oh my. What? You're really getting heated. I am. I'm sorry. I told you when we started talking about this, I felt like this was going to be a very multifaceted I thing. I don't feel like we've given like lots of great application for somebody who's like no, we haven't truly... answered, no, we haven't answered the question okay. in, the, in so, the slightest at so all. So I, I have like some like truly applicational points. Go, go on um, with it. Yeah. So uh, we've we've talked about like theoretically the good and the bad, and then we talked about why we do truly need to make a conscientious effort to steer away from the world into the word. Cause if we dive into the world and make it our friend, then we are hated by God. We're an enemy of God. Um, so if you are seeking to live a Christ filled life, if you are seeking to drown out the noise and hear him, uh, second Timothy says, 
warn them before God against quarreling about words. Is it of no value and only ruins those who listen? Okay, so don't quarrel. Don't argue. That's huge right now because that's all we want to do. We all have opinions. Our opinions are the best. I'm not highly valued. I'm not opinionated at all. Um, people become prideful of their opinions and they have a hard time uh, maybe, you know, humbling themselves. So <laughs> don't try not to quarrel. Don't engage in anything that's that if you're not fighting for the salvation of someone's soul, I, I might would say let it go. That's right. Um do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. So live a shameless life, work hard, upright, true and pure. And if you're like, what does that mean? Well, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So um, get in the scriptures and find out what God thinks to be good, pure, blameless, and right. Search those things. Uh, next thing, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Godless. That just means speech that is not Christ-centered. That includes a lot, Jordan. A lot of things are godless. Godless just means without the Lord at the center. Okay. Why do you? Why are you looking at me? You have lots of godless chatter. I'm just I'm just going to tell you I love you, and there's lots of godless chatter from you sometimes. Because of my stories. Lots of stories that don't have anything to do with the Lord. Lots of them. I can I can I can pen, I can put him in there somehow. I think. Okay. Well, why don't you work on that? Okay. I'll okay, try. So, we'll figure that one out. Okay. Well, the ungodly. The godless chatter, it follows up and it says, literally, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Gossip spreads like gangrene. Absolutely. So the only thing that's light and fire in our world right now is godless. Okay. Well, um, are you go still ahead. going? You still going? Well, it's interesting oh, that you okay. went to Second Timothy because it's exactly where I went, but I skipped another chapter ahead of you. Okay. And I went into Second uh, Timothy 4, okay. verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Now think about this. Yeah. Okay. I have underlined the stuff yeah, right before that's, that. That's a good one right there. <laughs> I, but just think about this. If you are listening to this podcast, you might know us. I, I'm not sure or, you know, or whatnot. But if you're listening to this podcast right now, we have the ability to we have the ability to talk to you in a way and spread what we're talking about. And so you can accumulate for you all types of teachers. You can accumulate for you all types of people that are believing what you want to believe. So we really need to be mindful of that, but hold on, we need, we need to take a break. Let me take a break real quick and we'll finish up with this. Okay. So sorry about that. We had a, a little technical difficulty with, um, it's all leave. fixed. Keep going. They don't care. Keep going. Why can't I tell my story? Gotcha. Okay. Where was I at? I was talking about, oh, yeah. Itching ears. Yeah. So you can, I mean, you can accrue anybody yeah, to say anything. Absolutely. I mean, the world of technology today, you can find, I mean, kind of gets on YouTube and she finds all kinds of crazy people. She's got some dude she's listening to. The thing's been dead like 30 years. And she's got his video she listens to. I mean, you could find all kinds of people to listen that to. That man is spirit filled because everything he says is. Well, I agree it with you. It's very I'm applicable saying, today. I'm not trying to down what you're listening to. What I'm saying is, is that we have the capabilities as humans to have access to all forms of teaching very quickly. And yeah. so because of that, we need to be careful. 
that we don't blind ourselves and just say, you know what? I want to find people that are like-minded with me. That is so that's so typical of what we do. I'm going to find somebody that's, that, that you, listens to me, that, that that thinks the way I think. Well, that well, might not be a good thing. It might make you feel comfortable in your sin, but you're going to burn for it later. Absolutely. You need to find something that's backed by the Bible. And if you don't like anything we've said, I'd love to hear about it. And you should look it up in the scriptures and see if what we're saying aligns. And if it doesn't, you know, bring it, bring and it do to the, our And do that with your preachers on Sunday. You yeah. need to have that Bible. You need to be looking at it and going, you know what? This doesn't, this doesn't line up with what I'm seeing here. So we're going to end out really, really quickly here because we, we've been going for a while. Okay. <laughs> uh, so world versus word. How do you say? We've already talked about things to avoid, stay in the word, surround yourself with good community. And then Jordan just said, you know, you can find any teaching to support what you think. And you can find any group of people who think like you do. That's not the point. You need to find teaching rooted in the truth of the scriptures. You need to find a body rooted in the truth of the word. You need to anchor yourself to the word. Um, and I want to go to the chapter in front of Jordan, chapter three. It talks, it's the titled Godlessness in the Last Days. There will be terrible times in the last days. I'm going to just paraphrase and bounce around. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They will be proud. They will be abusive. They will be disobedient. They will be without self-control. They will not be lovers of good. They will be lovers of pleasure rather than God. Here's the part that like really hurts me right here because like, like oh we could spot that a mile away right but it says having a form of godliness but denying its power so there are people out there who claim to have a form of godliness but above that love money love pleasure love being disobedient they love being proud they love living without self-control life on the rails <sighs> get away from it surround yourself with something pure then shine your light back on that and try and lead them to the path. And you know it too. You know it when you're around those people. You can feel it. You can feel that presence. Um, and that's one of the things that I think about when you look at a house and you go in and you go into that house and you can feel the presence of God there. Um, and you can go to some houses and you can't, you, you know, immediately the presence of God is not there. This sounds crazy, but, and that's what you need to strive for as believers, that when people enter your house, they can feel the presence of God. They can feel that that is centered on God completely. And it needs to be that way when they're with you all the time. So that's what we all need to strive for. I know that's what I certainly need to strive for. It's convicted me um, this week for, for looking at that moving forward. But anything else? I don't think so. I just um... Absolutely. Well, September 26th is on its way. That is in approximately two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Come and enjoy the sounds of Alyssa Perlman. If you do not uh, know um, the event that we're talking about, it's called the We Gather event, and it is at our house, Hurt, Virginia, 102 Prospect Road. don't know if I should be putting that out there for the entire world to hear, but and we're going to be outside. There'll be a fire going, bistro lights, beautiful uh, autumn night, and we're going to just uh, worship and praise God completely um, uninhibited by walls, structures, denominations, anything. Just interact with Jesus. It's a great opportunity to bring people who are um, burnt out with church or don't know the Lord at all to just come and experience Jesus in a different way. 
for us as a house church, it's been a great conduit for us to bring people to the Lord. And so if you want to come and do that and, you know, enjoy that, we'd love to have you. It's certainly, it's not something that is closed just to people that we're trying to bring to our church. That's not the point of it. A church, the point of it is for us all to worship together. Come so and that, revive your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, go to our Facebook page, Claire Parker Foundation, and the We Gather event is on that Facebook page, but we um, look forward to that. So have a great week. See ya. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe on Spotify, follow us on uh, Instagram, and also on Facebook. Claire Parker Foundation is our handle. Make sure that you share this, like it, comment, give us reviews. That way more people will hear about the podcast. Right, Connie? Absolutely. Thanks.